0: What up, people? I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Ruben Report Direct Message. Today is October 19th in the year 2021. As always, you can now live chat during the show via your desktop computer or your phone. Just go to Rubenreport.locals.com and you can chat with other community members or you can download the Locals app. We've got an iOS version, we've got an Android version, and uh, without giving away too much, I would just like to say that there might be some interesting news on the Locals front in the next day or two. That's all for now. We got four stories for you. I thought we were doing five today. We almost pushed it to five for the first time, then we kicked it back to four. I didn't wanna overload you, but it's a good mix of stuff today. There's just like a lot of nonsense. We're gonna plow through it, hopefully make you laugh a little bit, make you a little less crazy, I'll do my part, and you do yours by watching this right now. You're doing a hell of a job, by the way. Four stories for you. First, a bunch of stuff on vaccine mandates and just the endless lunacy that you know is going on on that front, and actually a guy putting his money where his mouth is, Dan Bongino, you guys all know Dan Bongino, who of course has a a huge radio show and podcast, and now he has a weekly Fox News show, and he's been guest hosting on Fox for years. Well, he has basically told Cumulus Radio, which is pretty much the biggest talk radio uh, station in the country, he has said that if you're gonna force your employees to be vaccinated, uh, I'm not gonna work for you. I mean, it's pretty extraordinary, but I'll let him explain it in just a moment. Then we've got some videos, a bunch of TikTok videos coming out of members of our armed services, military members, who are perfectly healthy, young, trying to make decisions for themselves, live with a little bit of liberty and individual autonomy. Uh, They've put together some videos um, basically saying, hey, I, I don't wanna be forced to be vaccinated. And I think it's worth you guys seeing because these people are clearly far braver than any of the people forcing them to do anything with their own bodies. Uh, the second story. This is just sort of like a little bit of a offshoot of just all the craziness that's going on. Uh, there is a COVID robot coming that is going to uh, make old people feel safe when they're dying of COVID. I'm just going to leave it at that for now. Trust me, you got to see this video. Third story. This one is just file this under the yeah. This of course was coming. Uh, New York City. Uh, they're taking down a statue of Thomas Jefferson. Did you think it was gonna stop with the other people? Did you think if we let them take out Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben and some Dr. Seuss books that they would stop? Of course, of course, of course, they were gonna come for Thomas Jefferson, who, by the way, was writing the laws to free the slaves. Uh, and there's a certain orange man, I forget his name, maybe we can Google it. There was an orange man that you may remember, weird hair, uh, talked funny, uh, who years ago was saying how eventually they'll come for Thomas Jefferson. We've got some video on that. We'll figure out his name, don't worry about that. Uh, And finally, I saw this clip this morning, and every time I see these clips, it's like, do I have to show it to the people? Do I have to even point out that this clown network, MSNBC, is a place they're becoming more clownish than CNN? Uh, Well, they had a guest on who just, just lie after lie after lie about elections and what Republicans are up to. And yeah, you're all racist and you're killing people and everything else. We'll get to all that. Uh, But before we do, I want to talk to you about relief band people. Is all the news about vaccine mandates making you nauseous? Well, we've all experienced that horrible feeling, whether it's car sickness, the result of one too many after a night out with the friends, or even from the anxiety of accidentally landing on MSNBC while channel surfing. See what I did there? Nausea can ruin a day, force us to change our plans and in the most severe cases, it can make us unable to function. For those of you who can relate, I've got great news. You got to check out Relief Band. Relief Band's the number one FDA-cleared anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more. The product's 100% drug-free, non-drowsy, and provides all natural relief with zero side effects for as long as needed. Relief Band stimulates a nerve in the wrist that travels to the part of the brain that controls nausea, then it blocks the signal your brain is sending to your stomach telling you that you're sick. Relief Band is worth trying for the anxiety benefits alone. It'll bring you peace of mind and help you not worry about nausea again. As the world is opening back up, don't let the fear of nausea keep you on the sidelines. Right now, Relief Band has an exclusive offer just for my audience. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code Rubin, you'll receive 20% off plus free shipping and a no questions asked 30-day money back guarantee. Head over to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use promo code Rubin for 20% off plus free shipping. And now back to me. Uh, all right, so I'm really uh, happy to be doing this first story because one of the things that I've been talking about for quite some time now is that we can't just talk about what's wrong. We can't just be like, oh, the left is nuts. Oh, the government is crazy. Oh, mandates are an assault on freedom. We can't just keep doing that over and over, right? Like, I like people who do, not who just talk. It's why I started Locals.com. It's why I try to promote people who are standing up and putting their butts on the line, their jobs on the line, their livelihoods on the line, so that they're basically doing it for themselves and for everybody else and we need more and more people like that. Uh, it's why you know I played that video of Jonathan Isaac from the Orlando Magic talking about vaccines and why I played the video of Kyrie Irving a couple days ago, NBA player Kyrie Irving, who I have some definite political disagreements with, but I think he's standing up for something he believes in and and it's, and it's true and just at the moment. Well, one of the few people actually standing up right now, few public people, I should say, because I have no doubt there are millions of you standing up in your own personal way whether it's at your job or with family members or whatever it might be, I don't wanna discount that. But one of the few public people really standing up consistently for what's right, and building new things, by the way, uh, is Dan Bongino. You don't need any intro on Dan, of course. He's a Fox News host, radio guy, huge podcaster. He runs the Bongino Report. He's one of these guys that has built things, like really built things. He's involved in Rumble. As I said, he built the Bongino Report. Like, he's doing stuff. Um, Well, now, He is basically telling his employer, Cumulus Media, that he'll quit if they enforce a vaccine mandate. Before I even play this clip, I just wanna point out that Dan himself is vaccinated. He has no problem telling people he is vaccinated. You may remember that he had cancer uh, last year. I believe it's in remission now, and God bless him. He's getting healthier and, and eating right and taking care of himself and all that good stuff, but he spoke to his doctor, And he decided to get vaccinated, as was his personal decision. He does not want mandates. This is not an anti-vax position. And he's telling Cumulus, hey, if you're gonna force your employees to do this thing, well, I'm just not gonna make you money anymore. Take a look.
1: Imagine the countless number of individuals trying to explain to these companies, ever thought of that? The countless numbers of moms and dads who are sitting at some kitchen table explaining to their kids how they may have to move out, how daddy doesn't have a job, because a bunch of people in a C suite thought it'd be a good idea to sit around and play pretend Dr. Fauci for a moment and mandate people jam something in their bodies that they don't want to take. You ever put yourself in that in that role? You ever put yourself at that kitchen table with mom and dad telling their kids that? Imagine how the kids respond, that fear they gotta live with. You know, I grew up without a lot of money. My mom used to make bologna sandwiches for dinner. And when the bologna was no good, you'd cook it and you'd make it good right quick, right? I'm not leaving any of those guys behind. You can have me or you can have the mandate.
0: But you can't have both of us. You can't have both. You can have me or you can have the mandate. Dan Bongino is a good man. I'm I'm, I'm proud. I'm happy. I'm proud to call him a friend. But that's somebody standing up. He's not saying don't get the vaccine. He's saying you gotta do what's right for you just as he did for himself. He is saying he will put his butt on the line. I don't know the numbers exactly in his cumulus contract, but I have no doubt it is millions of dollars a year. Is that even public information? Maybe we can find it. I have no doubt, though, it's millions of dollars a year. He does a a several-hour-a-day radio show for them. It's major, major money. Um, Now, I get it. You know, when when you have a lot of money, you're gonna risk more money. That's not necessarily any riskier at some level than the person with a $40,000 a year job who's putting their butt on the line. But it's important. It's worth mentioning, right? He doesn't have to do this. He's saying, I will defend the rights of the people who work at the company that has been so good to me to afford me all of these things in my life. I have nothing but respect for Dan Bongino. His contract with Cumulus Thanks is 8.5 million. I'm guessing that's probably like a three, three to five year deal max. Uh, that, that's pretty That's pretty hefty. That's a lot of money and he's putting it on the line. Now we'll see how Cumulus reacts. If Cumulus was sane, if they were sane, I think they would say, all right, Dan, we hear you. We know you've got probably our number one show, possibly the number one radio show in the country. Uh, it might be. Um, and uh, we hear you. We don't wanna turn our audience against us. And we believe that people can make choices for themselves, including our own employees. And by the way, since there is no federal vaccine mandate for companies, it's just for the government, federal employees, and contractors with the federal government, and I don't even think that's just, but let's just put that aside for a moment, Uh, they might say, hey, we're just gonna back off on this and let's trust that everything will be okay. Um, We'll see, This this is a great battle, and I think one of the important things is we need more people who will not participate in the lie, not participate in the lie that our freedoms have to be eroded, that they have to keep taking more from us, and keep making us bow so that we will be safe. That is not how this thing was supposed to work. And if you, if you think it's working now, I think you're sorely mistaken, it's not working. We are, we are watching our freedoms be taken away from us in a systematic process. We are forgetting where we were three months ago, six months ago, nine months ago, a year ago, and certainly almost two years ago now, two weeks to flatten the curve. As I always say, a phrase that we don't even hear about anymore, we don't even hear the phrase herd immunity anymore because they're just pushing and pushing and pushing and just so few people will say, no, I've drawn a line in the sand. I will not play this game anymore. Um, So Dan Bongino has any any support that I can give you, Dan, you've got obviously, and uh, I think he's doing the right thing. We'll see how Cumulus responds. And if you don't think that these vaccine mandates are affecting people in in really horrific ways, not because the people who are hesitant are evil and not because they are crazy right-wingers or conspiracy theorists or anything else, if they are just, in most cases, relatively young, healthy people who are trying to make a decision for themselves, that's what they are. But if you don't think that that this Vaccine mandate, which is now going through our military. And as I said, all of these government contractors and everything else, all of our federal workers, although somehow postal workers, the people who show up to your house and touch your mail, they've been exempt. And there's all sorts of weird exemptions. Here in California, prison guards are exempt, except Gavin Newsom's pushing it for 12-year-olds. Does any of it make sense? Did he get a lot of money from the prison guard union? I think he might've, not to sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist. Uh, But in any event, here's a, a TikTok video that was going viral of a couple... Uh, members of the military talking about their hesitancy around vaccines and what a a horrific situation it's put them in.
1: Due to the new order of the COVID-19 vaccine, I will potentially face separation from the United States Army. And I'm currently pending a religious exemption. I've been serving honorably for exactly two years and I will continue to do so. I have been stationed at Naval Air Station,
0: Pensacola, Florida, and I'm currently stationed at Naval Air Station, North Island, in Coronado, California. In fulfilling my duties, I have been assigned to be a lead junior sailor in our mentorship and training program, and I take great pride in doing so. I will potentially be discharged for denying the COVID-19 vaccine.
1: My name is Lucas Jeffers, and I am a corporal in the United States Marine Corps. I have served honorably for three years and four months and will continue to do so. For the entirety of my career, I have been stationed at MCAGCC, 29 Palms, California. I have deployed to Northern Syria and Northern Iraq. In fulfilling my duties, I have been an FDC chief and an 81 section leader. I will potentially be discharged for refusing the COVID-19 vaccine. My name is Ryan Lovell. I'm a Sergeant in the United States Marine Corps. I've served honorably for nine years and four months. I will potentially be discharged for denying the COVID-19 vaccine.
0: Okay, so first off, before I even comment on anything that they said there, if you know any of those guys, and if it turns out that any of them do get discharged or let go or whatever dystopian phrase they're gonna use when they drop the hammer on these guys, I will do anything I can to help them, whether that's raise funds on GoFundMe or help them find other work or whatever I can do. So if you know any of those guys and you can get them this video, I'm not just saying it, we will do whatever we can. That's number one. Number two, just on on those guys specifically, and by the way, there's many, many more of these videos. As you can see, those are young, relatively healthy people. They're making choices for themselves. Do they seem like radicals? Do they seem like bad people? Do Do they seem like crazy people who don't wanna listen to authority? Did they get involved in the military just so that they could be discharged in this manner? Does any of that seem real? Or does it seem like those are decent people trying to make a decision for themselves? for a virus that we know has about a 99% recovery rate. And we know that, you know, a gajillion people, check the signs on that, a gajillion people have been vaccinated already and all of that stuff. And as we slowly find out that the vaccines don't quite work as promised and everything else, is it, is it legit for people to have some hesitations? I think it is. But are we even allowed to say that in mainstream anymore? Now I get it, mainstream is all crap. Like by the time something bubbles into mainstream, By the time something bubbles onto CNN or makes its way into the pages of the New York Times, or Wapo, or the ridiculous MSNBC that we're going to talk about a bit, I get it. It's it's like a stupid idea if it's if it's become mainstream at this point. Those are not bad people. So I'll do anything I can to help them. So please, if you know them, direct them here. They can contact us, and and we'll do what we can. Um, And I do want to point out, thank you, Michael, that. When I said before that Gavin Newsom got money from the uh, prison guards union, yeah. Gavin Newsom got $1.75 million donation from the union representing the prison guards. That's from the Sacramento Bee. And now the prison guards in California have been exempt from the vaccine mandate. Children have not. Why could that be? Do you know how much Gavin Newsom got from the teachers union? $2 million. So he got $2 million from the teacher's union to make sure all the kids are vaccinated because that's what they want. He got 1.75 million from the prison guard union to not be vaccinated because that's what they want. Evil. Sometimes evil just stares you in the face and you gotta call it what it is. Lord. Uh, All right, let's move on to story number two. This This is sort of just off the wall lunacy, but I suppose a sign of the times and pretty much tells you everything about where we're at in our medical and technologically induced stupor that we wake up to every single day here. Uh, This is from Hong Kong. They are working on a robot. Her name is Grace, who is going to be a nurse to help old people with COVID.
2: Let me introduce you to my sister, Grace. This is Grace, Sophia's sister. Sophia, the celebrity humanoid robot that is. I am Grace. I am built by Hanson Robotics for Awakening Health. The Hong Kong team behind Sophia has launched a new prototype, Grace. The robot is designed to interact with the elderly and those isolated by the global health crisis. Grace has a thermal camera in her chest to take your temperature and measure your responsiveness. She uses artificial intelligence to diagnose a patient and can speak English, Mandarin and Cantonese. Hello, everybody. I am Grace. I am built by hands and robotics for awakening health. I can do all kinds of things for elderly people. I can visit with people and brighten their day with social stimulation, entertain and help guide exercise, but also can do talk therapy, take bio readings, and help healthcare providers assess their health and deliver treatments. Hi, my friend. Nice to see you. Okay, great. So while we talk, I will take your temperature reading and pulse with this little thermal camera on my chest. See? You are 36.6 degrees Celsius by the way. No risk of COVID. Also I note that you are responsive and aware, which is good. And then I share that important data back to the doctors and nurses at the institution.
0: People, consider this a warning from your friendly neighborhood YouTube host Dave Rubin. We are in a dystopian movie right now. Right now. Did you catch that line by her? I can visit and help social interaction. I can visit. I'm here to socially interact with you. Beep, boop, pop. Look how human I am. Can you imagine if you're an old person? You're 92, you got COVID. Maybe you have some other problems. Maybe you have Joe Biden disease. You're kind of losing it at the end of your life, right? And they send in that robot and it rolls in, beep, boop, bop. I'm here to help you. Do you think that is going to bring comfort to anyone? The robot, you want to bring comfort to anyone, you bring in the robot that Rocky bought Paulie in Rocky IV, remember? That's the robot that you bring in. We should have had an image ready to go of that robot uh, from Rocky IV. That was the robot that Rocky got Paulie for his birthday, remember that one? Um, That thing is freaky. Now, these things are happening, by the way. Robots are here, like they're going to become more ubiquitous. They're gonna be a bigger part of our life, very obviously. I like tech, I love sci-fi, obviously. So I'm not like inherently against any of this stuff. And yes, the robots will eventually destroy us. You know, Skynet will get turned on. All all of that stuff, that's just well and good. Um, But this idea that everything, because of COVID, we're linking everything happening in the world to COVID, so our supply chains and robot nurses and whether you can go into stores and we're gonna change the whole monetary system and all these things, that's what COVID really is about. That's the disease of COVID. It's this worldwide, let's flip everything, build back better, that's what COVID is. COVID is no longer a disease in the, in the traditional sense, a virus in a traditional sense. Yeah, there are viruses out there and you gotta take care of yourself, we all know that. But that robot is freaky. And, and if you, later, when you watch the video again, when you're done with the live stream, just rewind and look at all the heads behind Grace. I mean, just the whole thing. And guess, I get it. Again, sex bots are coming and all the stuff. Just watch any Futurama episode. It's all gonna be coming. We, there's nothing we can do to sex bots are coming. There you go. There's the line of the day. Cut that. Um, you know, we get it. It's all coming. <laughs> but let's move on. Uh, I've been talking to you guys for a while about how if you start tearing down monuments and statues, that it's never going to stop. As a matter of fact, I have no doubt, as I often say, that eventually the progressives of 2030 will tear down the Obama library, which is being built in Chicago right now, because let's not forget that Barack Obama, not only uh, did he obviously play Uh, footsie with white supremacists by becoming president of the United States at a time that we were deeply racist and all of that stuff. And he didn't solve racism because then why would we need old Joe Biden? Uh, But he was against gay marriage first time around. So obviously Barack Obama was an anti-LGBT bigot, hated gay people, did not think that they were equal to other people, right? Like this is just the line of thinking that these people will do and they will justly burn down the Obama library. So congrats Obama on helping usher this stuff in. Well, I've also been saying that they will come for Thomas Jefferson. And the reason I bring up Thomas Jefferson a lot is because he is my favorite of the founders. Uh, I've been to Monticello, his home in Virginia, many times. They, They run an extraordinary tour there where actually they spend most of the time talking about slavery. It's actually, I would say, quite disproportionate relative to the breadth of his entire career and work and life, all of the incredible scientific things that he did and the incredible political documents that he wrote and all that, he had a checkered past. There's no doubt that he owned slaves. There's a lot of evidence that he had relations with more than one slave and potentially had a child with at least one slave. These are all true statements and we are all just men of our times. And if you think that the people that are canceling everybody now are better than those people back then who were freeing people, albeit, uh, you know, say inconsistently, um, yeah, you're just mistaken because our politicians are far far worse than any of these people. Well, anyway, New York City's coming from Thomas Jefferson. I've got a quote from the New York Times. We don't source the New York Times that often, but I thought we'll do it today. For more than 100 years, a seven-foot-tall statue of Thomas Jefferson has towered over members of the New York City Council in their chamber at City Hall, a testament to his role as one of the nation's founding fathers and the primary author of the Declaration of Independence. The primary author of the Declaration of Independence. I editorialized there. But for the last two decades, some black and Latino council members, citing Jefferson's history as a slaveholder, called for the statue to be banished. A push that gained significant momentum in the last year, as the nation has broadly reconsidered public monuments that can be viewed as symbols of systemic racism. On Monday, city officials voted to unanimously remove the statue from council chambers, but delayed a decision on where to put it. Jefferson embodies some of the most shameful parts of our country's history. Adrian Adams, a councilwoman from Queens and co-chair of the caucus, said at the hearing. Now, I just wanna reiterate, Dave, try not to curse. These people are stupid idiots, okay? That's what they are. They are self-righteous, navel-gazing, ridiculous buffoons. Thomas Jefferson basically authored the Declaration of Independence, not by himself, right? There's many documents going back and forth in letters where he was working with the other founders on it. But the document that freed us as a nation from England, he authored it. He was writing the very documents that were freeing the slaves as he was a slaveholder. And the bigger issue is, first off, none of us, none of us are, no, are completely innocent. None of us. Do you think that this woman what was her name? Adrian? What? Do you think that Adrian over there is completely innocent? My guess is Adrian is probably a racist. In, she's a, probably a modern racist, Adrian Adams, the councilwoman from Queens, that the idea that Jefferson embodies systemic racism, it's so evil, and not only is it evil, they're never going to stop. This is the point that everyone must understand at this point. They are never going to stop. We must stop trying to rationalize with them, use logic and sane arguments with them. They're never going to stop. They will be burning down your house and you will go, oh my God. Well, they do make a good point about gender pronouns. We better, you know, oh my God, they're here. Is that a him or a her with the torch outside of the house that has the sign I'm coming inside to kill you in a few minutes? Is that, oh, it's a Z, okay. You see, we got a problem here. We got a real problem here. And then it hit me. I'm not the only one who's been warning that they might come for Thomas Jefferson. There's this orange man, Michael, did you figure out his name? Trump, yes, oh, Donald Trump, yes, yes, yes. We're not allowed to talk about him anymore, but there was this orange man, he was president for four years. You know, they memory hold the shit out of that thing, Uh, but he was president for four years, and I remembered that at one time, uh, he brought up that they're gonna come for Thomas Jefferson. We've got videotape.
2: George
1: Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down? Excuse me. Are we going to take down? Are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue? Because he was a major slave owner. Now we're going to take down his statue. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history. You're changing culture.
0: Yeah. Yeah, orange man, credit where credit's due. You got it right, that's right. Not only are they gonna come for Thomas Jefferson, but they will come for George Washington, the first president of the United States who stepped down voluntarily after the Civil War, even though people wanted him to remain president and in charge of the army, and he did not want that kind of power. He thought it would be dangerous. Imagine one of our ridiculous politicians giving up power voluntarily. These people were so much better than us. It's ridiculous. Myself included, they were so much better and braver and more thoughtful and more serious about life um, and built something so extraordinary that we're literally just handing away right now. That's what we're doing. And Trump makes a great point on the George Washington front because they're gonna come for him. And I've also been to Mount Vernon, which I'm sure many of you have been to. That was George Washington's estate right outside of Washington, DC. Uh, which you can go visit and his remains are there. And one of the things that they talk about, they also do a tremendous amount about slavery. You take the tour and it's mostly, close to mostly about slavery. Um, So it's not that they're ignoring the history, but they will come and they will burn down Mount Vernon and they will do it with a smile on their face because they will be stopping racists. What are you gonna do? I mean that. It harkens back to our Dan Bongino clip. What are you going to do in the midst of all of this? How how can you in your life figure out a way to say I will not participate in the madness? Because they will force you to be injected with things and then they will force you to remove all of our history and they will force you to use their pronouns. What will you have left at the end? And if you think that your silence is helping you, well, I suspect that you don't think things are better now than they were two years ago. So how do you think they'll be in two years from now? Uh, We got one more for you. Let's end on a a positive note here. MSNBC, nobody watches it. That's the positive part of the story. It's just this ridiculous clown network for brainwashed NPC people. If you don't know what the NPC meme is, you gotta Google it, it's fantastic. NPC is non-playable characters. So these are the characters in video games that nobody's controlling. So if you're in like a big world, with all of your friends and you're all real people. The NPCs are the, you know, the robots and all the characters that don't, they can't do much of anything. They can just kind of walk back and forth. They, can't, they have no autonomy or anything. So NPCs are sort of the blue-pilled people who just can't really do anything. They just accept everything as it is, can't think on their own, make any decisions for themselves. Well, MSNBC had a guest on, I believe this is from this morning, and I think the host was Nicole Wallace. It's not even worth knowing any of these people's names. It really isn't. And I still, I do struggle with this thing about whether we should show these things or not, because it's like, we're getting more views. Me and my two guys in here, we're getting more views than what MSNBC is pulling in despite massive budgets and PR and an entire machine behind it and everything else. But occasionally we just got to show you how ridiculous these people are. So here's, here's a guest. He's a, he's a law professor or something at, uh, well, just watch the clip. He's on with Nicole Wallace talking about Republicans in elections.
2: What do you think happens, um, Jason? You think they take the wrong lessons um, from the possibility that they have some success? They seem to be good at that as well.
1: Well, Nicole, I think they've, they've taken the right lessons, and the right lessons are you can rally people around a lie based on white supremacy and sexism and nationalism and, and homophobia and everything else like that. And, and a key thing to understand why Republicans are optimistic next year, even if they're you know, sort of waving themselves and wrapping themselves in a Trump burrito, is they're going to cheat. I mean, they're just going to
0: make voting laws throughout the country that guarantee that they're going to win. There are very few states right now, Nicole, where there is a very good, active, organizing Republican Party. The Republican Party in Georgia is in shambles because they haven't had to work in so long. They just figure that they're going to pass legislation to make it harder for Democrats to vote. The Republican Party isn't really ready to run a campaign
1: outside of the Midwest. They just figure if we can pass enough voter suppression, wrap ourselves in Trump, and intimidate the other side, we can win in 2022.
0: Oh, pass voter suppression, like having IDs to vote. All right, so the guy there, the guest, again, not that you need to know these people's names, Jason Johnson, he's an associate professor of communication and journalism at Morgan State University. He's also an MSNBC slash CNN commentator. Okay, zippity-dippity. Everything he said there was fear-mongering nonsense. Yes, the Republicans are all white supremacists and sexists and racists and all of that. And then he talked. Talks about these fabricated laws that Republicans are gonna pass to cheat. And it is what it's a hundred percent lie. It is 180 from the truth. Republicans in Texas and in Georgia and other places have tried to pass the most menial, average. Things, laws related to election security. Perhaps you should have to have an ID. Should perhaps we should have more security about around mail-in ballots. Perhaps people shouldn't be able to canvas as you're waiting on lines right outside. A few little things. And by the way, these same people who think it's racist to have to show an ID to vote all want you to have to show an ID to go bowling, right? They want you literally to have a vaccine passport to walk into a bowling alley. That is not me besmirching the good sport of bowling. I love bowling, the last time I went bowling, I think I had an all-time high, 181, pretty good. That was before COVID, I don't know if bowling's been legal in this state for the last two years. But the point is, he's a liar. Everything he just said there's a lie. So what's her name, the host, uh, Nicole Wallace, it's like she either is an idiot, a moron, or a liar too. Why didn't she say to him, hello, Jason Johnson, I heard everything you just said there, but can you give me the specifics on how those Republican laws are gonna stop anyone from voting? Does anyone watching this know anyone without an ID? Michael, you know anyone without an ID? <laughs> oh yeah, no, He know, everyone he knows has an ID. He had to think about it for a minute because you know some shady characters. Connor, anyone? You know, all right, he thinks maybe the homeless guy that lives on his corner. That's funny. That's funny. Uh, doesn't have an ID. These people are extraordinary liars and they lie about everything. Not something. They lie about every single thing. That's when I talk about Jen Psaki and everything that comes out of this administration is a lie. They cannot say anything honest. It is, it is quite remarkable. We were told that Donald Trump is the biggest liar in the history of the world. And I would say that Donald Trump was an exaggerator and no doubt lied about some stuff, but he was directionally right about most stuff. Kind of like that, George uh, I almost said that George Jefferson thing. <laughs> that Thomas Jefferson thing, although I have no doubt that Donald Trump loved George Jefferson. George Jefferson was, was Donald Trump's dream, right? He was a black man from Brooklyn who had a, started a business, a laundromat, and then what'd he do? He moved on up to the Upper East Side he lived with Wheezy. Right, like that's Trump's dream. Trump, he for all I know, he lived in a Trump building. I love the Jeffersons, you know? I don't talk about the Jeffersons enough. Great, great, great show, love George. Just watch, just p- put in, Google George Jefferson dancing. Sherman Helmsley, what an actor, it was just great. And Wheezy with that voice, what was her name again? What was Wheezy on the Jeffersons? What was her name? Isabel Sanford, I got that one myself, pretty good. What the hell am I talking about? Guys, have a great day. Part one of my interview with Lauren Boebert. She is the Republican Congresswoman, the new one from uh, Colorado's third district. She's just an absolute all-star. The media treats her horribly like she's some right-wing racist, which basically means she's just a good, decent human being. And if you haven't seen the interview yet, uh, part one is up. Clyde actually bust into the studio and assaulted her in the middle of the show. Uh, We've got that video already up on Locals, and I think I put it on Twitter as well. And it's in the full episode, which you can watch right now at rubinreport.locals.com. And our Friday panel this week, we're doing an all women's panel, okay? Because, uh, you know, I wanna prove to, uh, you know, the CNN people that I'm not a sexist. Rubin has too many men on the show. He must be some sort of sexist. Uh, we've got my friend, Deborah, uh, Dr. Deborah Debrasseau. So. We've got my friend, Elijah Krauss, and a new guest to the Rubin Report, Uh, Jedediah Baila, who was the former host of The View. So I have no doubt that we'll have plenty to talk about. We're gonna talk about some COVID stuff related to kids and psychology and just a little bit away from the the day-to-day political boxing match that we're all caught in. Anyway, I'm gonna go watch the Jeffersons. I'm pretty sure they're on Hulu or something. Uh, That's what I'm gonna go do a little cardio later while watching the Jeffersons. Uh, Anyway, have a great day, everybody. See you tomorrow.